Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Real Vets Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nate Shermer, and we have Marine extraordinaire, Brian Big Dog Britton. Mm. What's up, man? Hey. What's up? It's been a it's been a couple days since we've done one of these. Yeah. So Yeah, the last one was pre Marine Corps birthday. That's right. Yeah. It was Veterans Day and Marine Corps birthday. It was yeah. on the Marine Corps birthday. Is that when we did it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a good one. That was cool. Did yeah. you did you hear did you hear the episode? Did you hear what I did at the end? Uh, I think I so. Played, I, I, I added the Marine Corps hymn. Oh, yeah. Uh, the old school version, like 1940s. Dope. It's, I'm going to have to yeah. listen to it. That's Pretty awesome. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Could be a good, like, fade in, fade out, you know? Right. I tried to get a rock and roll version. <laughs> Actually, I found one, but I didn't want to, like, mess anybody's copyright yeah. up or yeah. anything like that. I didn't want to be sued. Yeah. I no. have to start bugging Got to worry people, about yeah. that, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, because, as you know, this country and this state is very um, litigious. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, speaking of that, like, isn't that kind of what you do? What's you up, veterans? You help prevent a little bit? So that's, yep. yeah. Why don't so, we introduce, who do we have with us, yeah. Nate? Who do we have? Who are you? What's up, veterans? I am Amanda Brown. I work at a title company. I work at Lawyer's Title. It's a title insurance company over in San Diego, California, um, I've been working with these fine gentlemen for probably the past, what, like, I don't know. Seven years. Seven years. Like whenever that. you start it. Yeah. 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 Since I first started, mm-hmm. that was, it's been seven years. Yeah. Walked just, in with flip flops and like, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> mean. <laughs> My kind of person. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's always so funny. I always think about that and like how many people told me, you'll never sell houses and flip flops no. and you need to have a shirt and a collar and a tie and wear a blazer and blah, blah, blah. When I first got into yeah. real estate and I was like, you guys, I'll show you. You guys are a bunch of nerds, dude. Yeah. I'll show <laughs> you. Showed up in fucking a uh, pair of freaking jeans and flip-flops and a black shirt one day and what are you doing whatever i want and it worked out pretty well <laughs> <laughs> it is funny like how demographic you know like you had to show up for a corporate job like suit and tie the whole like penguin show yeah and that's like how like we as a society thought like that's the only way you can make it you mm-hmm. have to like dress this like certain way but it's funny when a guy walks in with flip-flops and freaking kills it <laughs> you know yeah it doesn't have to be that way yeah just be you it's well that's the thing too like especially with most of our clients being you know military service members veterans here Mm -hmm. in san diego um if i'm dressed to the nines right if i'm wearing a goddamn three-piece suit and i pull up in a mercedes benz like i guarantee every single person maybe not every but for the big majority most of the people are going to look at me and be like who's this fucking guy you know what i mean freaking scummy salesman trying to look all flashy and stuff like that don't work out very well no so you just you know your people well you got to be yourself is the big idea anyway we're not here to talk about so we're here to talk about amanda brown i'm very excited about that yeah you said you've been with us for seven years but you've been Mm -hmm. in the title industry for how long yeah so i've been in title for 15 years um it's been a journey you know i started super young i started at 20 i am Oh, shit. I just had my birthday. I just had my birthday. Oh, what? Happy birthday. I, Happy thank birthday. you. I'm 36. Um, so I started out super young. It was it was a fun journey. I started out with my mom. Um, I was actually going to dental hygiene school. I thought it would be really fun to clean people's teeth. 
<laughs> Clean people's growth, gross yuck mouths. Yeah, so I'm like, what can I do? You know, like you like graduate high school and you're like, well, God, I have to like kind of think of grown up things. Like, how am I going to like afford, you know, how am sure. I going to afford life? So I started going to school and I was going for dental hygiene. Um, I was working at a dental office for the past, for the few years and I thought that would, that's like my path. Okay, I'm like doing dental hygiene. And my mom needed an assistant. She's been in the title industry for, I don't know, like 40 years now, 30 years. Don't even mark my words, but something oh, around wow. there, right? A long, a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, she needed an assistant. So I started out like literally just p- passing out notebooks, you guys. Nice. So um, it's been a fun journey to start. I mean, it's not easy in sales, as we all know, especially like you veterans. I don't even know how... I mean, just even getting through boot camp, like you guys are freaking amazing. I just the stories that I hear about military and veterans. I mean, you guys are amazing, and I'm so thankful to have you and um, to work with all of your clients. So thank you, I appreciate it. So it's definitely privilege. Some of us had it a little bit easier in boot camp. (laughs) Hot army. (laughs) Damn, you guys are bad, bad man pajamas, freaking boot camp, like. Shit. Running that's, miles, doing push-ups. That's like, just like the first couple of months you're in. Once you're done with boot camp, then you're in the military, oh, and that God, shit right? doesn't end, doesn't you know. Stop. No. <laughs> yeah. How many how many uh, push-ups have you guys done? Like, what's in one setting? Like, what's the max? Uh, one hundred like actual push-ups yep. or like minutes or hours. Shut up. I kind of got in trouble a lot when I was in the Marine Corps. <laughs> like, it was like, hey, you're gonna push until I'm tired. I'm like, okay. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, though. Like, I remember I questioned a chief once in mm. Iraq. Mm. And the chief was like, you're going to do lunges until I am tired of watching you do lunges. Damn. I couldn't walk right Damn. For, for two weeks. Oh, shit. Yeah. See, I'd rather t- clean teeth. Well, now I'd rather just ensure his title policies for sure. But I, uh, damn, I, I forgot to shave one morning and showed up to work without a shave, even though I shaved like you know the day prior because that's yeah. just how the military works. Two hundred burpees was uh, was my payment for that one. That yep. was cool. Hell yeah! <laughs> so good times. I need to do that to my kids. Start making them do burpees and shit. Yeah. I mean, I tell them to brush their teeth and they're like, oh yeah, I did. And then I look, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Your teeth <laughs> like, are gross. nasty. You're like, listen, I was, almost, I was almost a dental hygienist. No, you, your teeth are fucking gross. I know. <laughs> no, I used to, uh, I used to have my kids, if they screwed up bad enough, I just mm-hmm. have them go pull weeds in the yard. Yeah. Here's a, here's one bag for you. Yeah. Here's one bag for you. Don't come back inside until they're full. You know, punishment. It's okay to punish mm-hmm. your freaking kids. For have them, have them dig life. a hole. Give them a shovel. Yeah. Give them a shovel. Like, dig a hole. Go dig. Just okay. go dig. I want to dig until I'm tired of watching you dig because I know I'm going to have to freaking have a huge ass mess in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Anyway. Yep. So, uh, started out as an assistant and then I was like, okay, like, I could do this. You know, talking to people all day long. That's what I liked about dental. Like, eight new patients a day, right? So, um, I, I loved it. Like I started out, just kept meeting new people, went to offices. That's back when like people had to work in offices and not from home. Um, met a bunch of people, thought it was cool and kept on going, you know? Yeah. It, it's a fun journey. It's fun to learn. It's fun to grow. It's fun to help people. That's why I do it. Um, just like you guys in the military, like you guys bust your asses trying to help people and save our country. So, 
Um, and that is in no comparison to fucking title. Let me just make that real clear. <laughs> well, you guys do a lot of good stuff too. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So I know there's a lot of people that, uh, that we work with that not only don't know what title is, but I've never even heard of it before. Yeah. Right. So can you give us basically like a real, uh, just a grunt version of what exactly it is mm-hmm. that title, what you do in, in title, what it is that title does, who it benefits, how it helps, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Okay. So title insurance. So when you are buying a property, refinancing, selling, um, you are required through the car forms to get title insurance. It is not required if you're getting um, doing a trans cash transaction. However, every single person gets title insurance and you'll know why after our podcast. But um, so title insurance, we are insuring the se- a sale from a seller to a buyer or in a refinance, we're insuring the lender. So there is two different title policies. There's an owner's title policy, which is paid for by the seller. And so example, you are selling your home, Nate is buying your home and we run a report where it shows who currently owns the property. So we will run out what's called the chain of title, which is like we we run out from the last time it was insured by another title company to the current. I do see, especially like lately, you guys, so many deeds from um, parent to child, uh, child to parent, uh, parent to whoever, like Aunt Susie and stuff. So and when I say deeds, it's um, I'm meaning grant deeds or quit claim deeds, and that is when you start to give interest to your property to other people. So on the report, it will show ownership, which is important to mm-hmm. make sure that the person that's selling the house is actually allowed to sell yep. the house, right? Yep. And yeah. anytime you put anybody on title, um, we have got to ha- we require um, them to sign a form, even if they record. A deed to remove themselves and I'll get into that later so um, our title report shows it's called vesting and that is when like Nate or Brian fill out your listing agreement it will have the ownership the owner's name on there but say like Nate selling his house and he added Aunt Susie because he needed Aunt Susie's signature to um, qualify so Aunt Susie and Nate are on the property but we'll just say five years or um, five years into it, he removes Aunt Susie off his property because he's like good, right? Like Nate's like good. Thanks, Aunt Susie. Thanks so much for like helping me. Um, Aunt Susie removes herself off the property. But um, but while Aunt Susie was on the property, she had a federal tax lien. She didn't pay her federal taxes. That attaches to the property. So anytime you put an owner on a property, all their stuff is, is now tied to that property. So federal tax liens, state tax liens, child support liens, judgments, that kind of stuff. Construction. Construction. So all that is on this beautiful report we call preliminary title report. Um, So any open loans, like I said, any type of judgments, liens, that kind of thing um, is on a preliminary title report. And like, why is that important? Because we don't want to end up like other, you know, no offense, but other countries where like people just kind of own things, but then there's things attached, right? So you want to make sure when you're buying a property, it is free and clear of all of those things. And mm-hmm. we ensure that. So like, say we made a mistake, like you turn in a claim to us. Um, so that's like a snapshot of like what a preliminary title report is. That includes easements. Sometimes people are scared of easements. Don't be scared of easements. It's just, you want water, you want sewer. I've, I've never seen a single it. property that didn't have <laughs> yeah. at least, at least a utility easement on right? it. Right? Yeah. But some people get scared. So if you are a veteran and you're listening to this, if you're military, you're listening to this, 
easements are not not your friend. Like you want water, you want sewer, you're gonna have an easement. Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part. Yeah. For the most part. Power. Power. Yeah. Yeah. You wanna Some... watch that TV? It's gonna happen. Right. <laughs> you know, you need it. So um that's what's called a preliminary tower report. And that is when you, um, so that is when you're selling your home. But if you're refinancing, there's a snapshot of a preliminary tower report we give to the lender. And they just want to make sure that like they're not in third position, that they are going to be in first position paying off a loan. So when you refinance a property, you are refinancing a loan, right? Um, so you have to make sure, the lender wants to make sure that there's no other liens on there because they don't want to be borrowing money. They don't want to be uh, letting you borrow money if you owe a bunch of debt. So it's just basically like a checks and balance system to make sure that like when you are purchasing something that you are purchasing it with every, like with a complete clear title. So So basically, if- mm-hmm. ooh, <laughs> I like it. What is that? What is that? I feel like you could hear it like with your guys' uh, motor power and like just know like, oh, that's a, that's a Harley. It's a it's Suzuki. Not a Harley. No, it's a two-stroke something. Some kind of little mini bike. Yeah. Probably somebody, I seen this dude ripping a little uh, oh, scooter that's... down the road that had a weed whacker motor on it. <laughs> no he, way. He put this big giant expansion tank exhaust pipe on it. Dude, he was going like 40 miles per hour. I was on my way to work one day and I was on my Indian, right? And I freaking, this guy's just, what? Like the thing's screaming. It's. So two strokes, so I was throwing freaking smoke everywhere. And I pulled up next to him. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. That was so funny. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, that was a two stroke something. So, so going back to mm-hmm. deeds, mm-hmm. what happens if you can't find someone that's on? Got, that goes to court. So this is like the. Has that ever happened? Uh, or have of you course. ever had any like. Yeah. Shoot, we're dealing with it right now. <sighs> oh, yeah. You sure are with a bunch of those vested owners. Okay, oh so if you are listening to this. Um, and you are, so you're listening to this and you have deeded your, you've deeded Aunt Susie on your property and you want to take Aunt Susie off, just take her off with like, do it, do the, uh, do the deed right. Call me. I'll, I'll instruct you where to go. Um, but when you start doing deeds by yourself, you guys, like your properties are so freaking expensive. Like what's the average... Home value right now in San Diego County, what is it? Like 800 still, 700, something like that? Close, close to 900, 900, yeah. Yeah, 8, 9, I mean, that's that's fucking crazy, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's insane. So when you start doing these deeds by yourself on a $900,000 property, that's crazy. Like, just pay the $200 and get it done right. Yeah. Because, okay, so Aunt Susie's on there. Aunt Susie has a federal tax lien. It's for $60,000. Well, that has to be paid through your proceeds. Like, there's no way around that. If she was on title during her judgment or federal tax lien, state tax lien, that kind of thing, like, that has to be paid. Mm -hmm. Government wants the money. So, essentially, uh, title insurance or having having mm-hmm. title insurance for your house is basically when you buy your house, it makes sure that you're buying a house free of any debts from the previous owner. Correct. Is that about right? Yep. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a thing too. One of the properties that we're trying to work on right now has, to your point, with mm-hmm. hiring a professional to get you know to get uh, deeds transferred correctly. One of the properties that we're looking at has right now has, I think, six different people on title. And like, no, seven different people on title and like oh, wow. five yeah. of them are dead. Yeah. And it is, it, it's just a total shit show of a deal. And the only way that we're going to be able to sell this thing, if it's even possible, is by going to probate. 
Mm-hmm. And that costs a lot of freaking money. Mm-hmm. So now, like, what do you have? You got this property with a whole bunch of different people on it that somebody back in the 60s, you know, put uh, transferred ownership of this piece, of that piece, whatever. You know, over time, all those people pass away that were on, you know, that were on title or that are on title still. Now the only way that the seller can even sell it is to go to probate court, find all those people, find their next of kin, make sure that they don't have any vested interest in that property legally. Um, that another whole whole another shit show. That property's got like six or seven different liens on it, yeah. from like back taxes, from child support, from mm. this and that, from all this stuff. That just, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I'm a little bit concerned it's that that tough. one's just going to go to tax sale. So that's another thing too. Like if you don't do it right. And you get liens on your property that say maybe you know about, maybe you don't, but you don't pay taxes or whatever the case may be. If you buy a property that has all that stuff, that thing might get sold out from under you mm-hmm. at a tax sale, mm-hmm. Absolutely. right? Wow. So that's it's super important to have that stuff and knowing exactly what it is obviously is equally as important. So you know what you're getting yourself into, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's what <clears throat> the preliminary title report does. Like, if you're listing a property, don't wait. And you guys are so good about this. Um, you never wait to order that report because you work so hard. Like mm-hmm. getting a deal is not easy. It's not easy. There's so many moving parts to it. But so now you have this deal and then it goes in escrow. And then we send you out your preliminary title report and it's got all this stuff on it. And you're like, well, who the hell is freaking Joe Schmo? You know, yeah. surprise, surprise. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, we can't move forward without Joe Schmo's, um, you know, we can't move forward without Joe Schmo signing off. And you're like, well, who the hell is Joe Schmo? Well, we got to find Joe Schmo. So. And, and hopefully you can find him and hopefully they're still alive too. Mm-hmm. That's like, Let's yeah. Let's hope Joe Schmo doesn't want half the proceeds now. Yeah. Because yeah. Joe Schmo was on title. So. Yeah. So I think like the biggest thing is like if you want to deed somebody on to title, like make sure there's a good reason for it. I see like a lot of people adding girlfriends and no offense, not saying that your relationship's not going to make it, but I mean. Put a ring on it first, man. Don't yeah, be stupid. <laughs> because like at least then like it's already, you know, like we're in a joint community yeah. state. So you just get married if you're going to put someone on title on your property. But like having your girlfriend or boyfriend on, I would say pro tip like make sure that you run uh send me like what's called a statement of information so i can run them for personal liens to make sure that they don't have any personal liens before you attach their name to the property that's a good point because if that person say owes a bunch of money in child support or something like that to somebody then all of a sudden that person owns the house and that debtor finds out that that person owns real property and then they put a lien on your property well that sucks for whoever for you that mm-hmm. sucks for them that sucks for everybody especially if you go to sell it and then all of a sudden like that in order for a sale to go through that has to be paid off yeah. right like there's yeah. no way around that that yeah. has to be free that debt has to be freed and yeah. clear of that property and the only way to do it is to pay it off so like say if somebody's got you know a uh, a lien on their property that's for say fifty thousand dollars and they only have forty thousand dollars in equity. They're just unable to sell their, or just to be able to sell their house. They're gonna have to come up with that other ten k somehow mm-hmm. to get that debt because it won't close. They're, no, you can't do it. No, and um, and people and sometimes <clears throat> I hear like, oh, we'll we'll just go to a different title company. It's like, well, these liens. I promise you, it's not like we find them in our special computer. Like these follow <laughs> you with your social security mm-hmm. number. So. Like everybody, I mean, that's what we run. So we run the social to make sure. So we're running out like the property, it's called the legal description. We run out the address. So when we do our search, it's not just based off of an address. It's based off address, APN, legal description, 
um, so, and social security numbers. So it's pretty, um, like it's a pretty good in-depth search and we also get our engineers involved to plot those lovely easements that we were just talking about. And um, you cannot, so let me go to plotted easements because it is something that's so big, especially like in rural areas. You guys love to, you know, you guys love to tinker, mm-hmm. right? Like these guys in front of me, like their favorite thing is their bikes. <laughs> and Brian loves the right. color-coded easement. Yeah, you have yeah. to. Every time. Send it. I want to look at it. I want to look. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see if it looks like. I want to see if it. I want to see all the colors. Yeah. Hopefully uh, it doesn't look like a freaking <laughs> rainbow because yeah. you get like 58 <laughs> different things in your property. Yes. Like, oh dear God. <laughs> yes. And you guys, and what that means is like, it is, um, it's a map. And on that map, it will have the easements colored. So, like, it will show, like, a portion of the property where that easement lies. And when I say, like, where an easement lies, you guys, like, the easements that are recorded, it is not, like, the pipe is right here. That's not what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's, like, the pipe is in this area. Yeah. And with somewhere <laughs> in the in somewhere, the westerly 10 feet of yes. this property, there's a pipe. Yeah. Westerly 10, <laughs> easterly 20. I mean... So when you're looking at these easements, don't freak out like, oh my God, that is like the biggest damn pipe I've ever seen. It's because that's just the way that the easement is done. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, and, and two, you need to know if you're, you know, where those easements are, because if you're planning on adding any buildings yes. to your property, we just ran through that with that place in uh, San Carlos. Remember? Oh man, what a shit show. There was an old, that there was, was an that old, was interesting. We, that did, was, we did a lot of research. Yeah, we did. That was a doozy. We did, there was an old water pipe on the back end of the property that hadn't been used since what was it like 1967 we figured out it got uh, diverted or something like that but the easement was still there the problem is that the jacuzzi the the house the backyard had a pool jacuzzi uh, a pizza grotto a big sitting area all this really cool stuff but all of it was over top of the easement all of it so if anybody was to find out i will never share that freaking property address on this podcast <laughs> but if anybody was to find out like say a government a government official like a city or county official or something like that found out that was there they could tell that homeowner to rip all that shit out hey that's an easement that's ours you can't build on it you have to make that all go away you know what i mean and the, the for that property specifically the jacuzzi was attached to the pool so that's big, big problems. That's big, big money to demo all that so shit. So expensive. Right? It's so expensive. And it's sad because we all think like, okay, this is our property, right? Like this, we just bought this piece of land. Like let's, mm-hmm. like I want to do so much with it. Like this is our land. But unfortunately, like you have, you can't build on an easement. If you do, like they are able to, they meaning whoever that easement was granted to is able to come onto your property. And if they have to drill to get to whatever it is they need to fix or maintain, that's what has to happen. So if you pour a concrete slab over it, like, but, but let's like also think about it. If it's like a super pipe that or a water and it's leaking, you want them to be there. Right. So it's a two part thing. Like you, you need them, they need access. So. Well, too, though, um, easements don't have to be just government, right? It could be that somebody's got a right to access easement. Let's say your property is, you know, somewhere where there's, uh, you know, somewhere where somebody's got a piece of land behind you that's landlocked, There's meaning there's no roads to it, right? The only way that they can get to that property might be through yours. So they might have an access easement on some portion of your property. Obviously, we need to know that, you know, especially in like rural areas like Far East County, San Diego, out in like Hummel or Descanso or Hapitul or Campo or Pine Valley or even Ramona, like all these all these places. Mm -hmm. If shit, Valley Center, 
Fallbrook, like all these places in the outerlying areas of San Diego that a lot of, you know, military people like to buy real estate. Um, it's nice that you need to know who else has access to your property. That's, that's yep. huge. And that's yep. where those easement <clears throat> maps come into play. You know, if there's a, if there's somebody that's got, you know, that needs to access their property and the only way to do it's through your property. If say like the, I don't know, northernmost 10 feet of your property is that other owner's access point. You can't do shit with it. No. You can't block it off. You no. can't build anything there. You, you got to just leave it as is. Which is kind of a part of like our problem where we're at here in San Diego. Like there's nowhere else to build. And like the land that's there, it's a lot of it's landlocked, you guys. Mm-hmm. I know that if you're on Zillow and late night, like, you know, looking through all the things that are available that's affordable here. I mean, it's land. And so what landlocked means, like to Brian's point, is if you don't have access, legal access with that pretty beautiful, like color-coded map um, to a county-maintained road, uh, your property's worth nothing, really. Mm. I mean, it's you can't legally go over other people's land, right? Like you can't walk onto someone's house um, if they're not giving you permission. You mean you're not allowed to just do cannonballs in just anybody's pools? <laughs> I mean, I do think you could maybe make some friends, but... Uh. <laughs> but in order to make that property worth anything, you'd have to get easements. And mm. there's no saying that a, that a property owner has to grant it to you mm-hmm. if it's not already there. Yeah. So that's a big problem here in San Diego County is a lot of the land is landlocked, um, which, which makes it pretty much like inv- like not worth anything. The mm-hmm. value is just not there. There's no building permits when you're landlocked. Um, so the county's not going to give you that. And if you ask the neighbors for um, access over the land, if you get an in- a good engineer involved and like work it all out, I mean, that's awesome. But that usually comes with the price, not only for the engineer, but like for the piece of land that you're crossing over to get to your parcel. Right. So there's a couple things that go into that. And then also lovely legal lot status, which I don't want to bore you guys with all that's so boring. <laughs> but you guys can always call me. Um, I'm always happy to help. But land's kind of a different animal in that way. Well, that's, I mean, the, the land, uh, like you're talking about zoning status, right? Mm-hmm. Like what the property is zoned for. So that's a big thing too, because now, especially nowadays that a lot of, you know, uh, military service members in San Diego County, because of what's going on with the market, a lot of people are trying to look at, you know, construction loans, all that kind of stuff. So that's, let's talk about that a yeah. little bit because that's, that's huge. That's something that we've, that you and I've been worked on, yeah. worked on a bunch of times in the past, right? Yeah. Uh, people want to buy a property so that they can build a house on it. And there's all these big giant, like, I mean, freaking tens of acres of land property out in east county where you're like dude that's awesome i'm gonna build a house there <laughs> nope nope no you're not <laughs> you guys oh my gosh military i mean veterans like you guys like it's wild because there is land like i was just working on something last week and um when my clients was gonna build it was like i was like this is too good to be true right so i was just saying like how a lot of land here in san diego county is landlocked so he had like the, he uh he found this piece of land and it was listed on the MLS, and um, 
started working on it. I'm like, this is just awesome. Like there's legal lot status, meaning that it's on a parcel map or a subdivision map. And what that means is that it was cut properly and approved by the San- the County of San Diego, City of San Diego. So I'm like, oh, okay, wow, this is great. There's legal access. Awesome. Like freaking great, you know? And then moving forward, moving yeah. forward, like here we are, we got legal access. We got like legal lot <laughs> status, like all the things. Can you, I'm like, can't, can't tell that Amanda's excited yeah. about this kind of stuff. <laughs> I know. I'm such a nerd. And then, uh, he talked to the County and they're like, yep. Like he just, so when you talk to the County, you're not doing like a deep dive. Like you're talking to like somebody, no, and no offense to any county workers, but like you're working, you're talking to someone just like in, at a kiosk real quick, right? Mm-hmm. They're plugging in the parcel number and they're like, oh, the zoning is whatever, RS7, you know? And you're like, okay, great. Like I can build that, you know, I can build what I want. Like it sounds great. So, but you start doing deeper dives. There's a historical home that was disclosed at the last second in disclosures. An historical home that you can't, so you can't build. You can't build. It's under a s- historical. So they would oh, have geez. to move. Yes. <laughs> it like became a whole thing. And like not only that, but like the land is like Indian preserved land. Like it was like a whole thing. But if you are just looking at it and you don't know what you're doing, mm-hmm. and how would you? Like honestly, you guys, like if that seller didn't disclose that, there's no way to until you're like already far and into the building permit. So. Right. So building isn't just super easy. Like there's a lot that goes into it. There was another uh, par- uh, another parcel in the La Mesa area I was working on. And I was like, wow, this is great too. All the things, all the boxes were getting checked off. And um, and then the septic guy went out before close of escrow. So they went out, wanted to see like what it would take, like how many, house- how many rooms they could build for this piece of land. Mm. It was huge. It was like two acres in La Mesa. It was like great. Two bedroom house. But so you can build the two bedroom house on this huge parcel of land, but guess how much land was that the seller wanted? It just didn't make sense, right? So like you don't want to buy like a seven hundred thousand dollar piece of land yeah. for a two bedroom house. Hoping that you're gonna put a McMansion on exactly. it. Exactly. You can only do yeah. like, not much. We just did that uh, to one in Poway in your neck of yep. the woods, right? Yep. That so one of my buddies, uh, one of my Marine Corps buddies from around the community. Mm. Uh, the veteran community, I should say, we didn't serve together, but um, wants to wants to do exactly that. Wants to buy a piece of dirt, build a house on it. And we found one up at the up in the hills in Poway. That's a what was it like? Beautiful. Thirty acres or something like that. Do you guys remember? Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it was huge for sure. But like, if it was thirty acres, like twenty nine point eight of those acres were not buildable just because it was all like preserve land, mm-hmm. and it, you own the land. But you can't do anything with it. So luckily, we're able to catch up. Before we even wrote an offer on that property, we actually went to the uh, county or to the uh, planning building there in Poway and talked to them there. And they pulled maps and showed us all this stuff. And we're like, yeah, you guys, I mean, you can build a house there. And there's a spot that you can put a septic tank. And they had plans approved at one point for like this big, giant, like 6,000 square foot McMansion up on top of the hill and stuff like that. But that's only space that you got. Like you can say, oh yeah, my land goes way, you know, way, way down there. Just you can't even walk in there. Like you can't, there was talking to the lady at the, uh, at the building office. You can't cut any of the brush. You can't build anything. You can't even walk. Like mm-hmm. you own it, but you're not even allowed to walk through it. Isn't that insane? That's so here's big. 30 acres that just wow. turned into like yep. 
0.2 acres of usable anything you know what i mean and the seller yeah. like right so property taxes too so you're paying property taxes on this legal description mm -hmm. like on all these 30 acres but like yeah. there's your little then you only get to use a tiny little portion of them yeah, yeah so that kind of stuff's important and that's why yes. you know us doing our due diligence before we even get into something is always a big thing so that's that's been a lot a lot lately especially with land deals and we all know that lands the 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 part of real estate that people get sued for the most. So that's why a lot of agents don't even like messing with land, right? Because there's right. a really good, there's a much, I should say, there's a much higher probability that something's going to go wrong if somebody buys a piece of dirt and then wants to build on it. Then once they own it, they find out that they're not able to build because they didn't do their due diligence or an escrow and getting that prelims a part of it, getting finding out where plotted easements are, figuring out zoning, all that stuff's a part of it, you know? Absolutely, and like as a buyer, so any veterans, military out there that are listening, um, being your own advocate, like we could do a lot, but it is, I will say, and this happened to me, I had an agent call me, this was a few years back, this is when I learned this lesson. So I did, this was a few years ago, an agent called me, they were selling a deli or something, somewhere it was, I want to say it was a deli and it was in uh, downtown San Diego. So commercial spot selling it um, Buyer, the agent asked me like, Hey man, did you think like this business blah, blah, blah can go in? And I was like, okay, let me see like what the city says. Right. Like I'm just trying to help. Mm -hmm. Ugh, the city told me that they just told me yes. Right. So I'm telephoning. I'm in the middle of this. I'm like, Oh yep. I spoke to them. Like they said it was fine. Right. I didn't get anything in writing. I called and that, buyer went to sue the agent because they went to go pull, pull building permits and the architect was like they just said no because we can't build we can't like put this bill you know what we want in here so you yeah. do have to be your own advocate i'm like super big on emails with the county and city but at the same time like even mm -hmm. though they you're talking to Susie or whoever rachel at the city or rachel at the county and she says yes like that doesn't mean it's fully yes like you need to really do a deep dive and be your own advocate right because you can hear one thing and we want to help you but we can't do it all like we can't we just can't with liability because we don't want to put ourselves in a bad situation where we're putting you we don't want to put you in a bad situation we're here to help you mm -hmm. but that one really like i felt bad like that one hurt me into the core because i remember trying to help making that call and it wasn't it wasn't right you know it didn't yeah. work out well and that's one thing too like we always i'll go to the county building office with people but i'm not going to do it without them yeah i'm not going to go myself unless it's for a piece of property that i'm specifically interested in buying myself i'm not going to mess with that stuff you know yeah. what i mean so that's i mean that's a that's a big thing people got to go to the county themselves to mm -hmm. their due diligence but so on that note what kind of let's say somebody wants to buy a piece of land so they can build whatever they want to build on it and we tell them go to the county go talk to them um what kind of questions who should they be talking to at the county what kind yeah. of questions should they be asking what kind of things do they do people need to go to the county for to set themselves up for success i almost think like that they shouldn't i think that their first a uh, person that they should be talking to is like a GC, like especially depending on what they want to build, okay. like an architect, because those people already have relationships. This is what they do every single day. So I want, so if it were me and I'm like, okay, I see this half acre parcel. I want to build a four bedroom, two bath house. I want a pool and I want it to be 3000 square feet, right? Like this is my wish list. I want to take that to an architect and be like, can you make this happen on this AP number 
and you do all the work and run it through the county because they'll do the initial consult with the county, which is, I think, like $1,200. It's probably more now, like $1,200 or $1,500 or something. Like, they'll go through all of that with them. Because when you talk to someone again at the county, you're not you're just talking to like a kiosk person. You're not talking to the actual decision makers. Like, sure, you you know what I'm saying. So I think like you need them mm, writing, right? You need the map and everything. Yeah, and that's like their whole job, right? Is like to do that. So I would say like talk to an architect, talk to GC, like um, and I would that would be my first one for sure. Like if I'm serious about a piece of land, like I'm going straight to them. And having them like do all their due diligence. And I'm not saying like an architect or GC that like does this part time. I'm saying like an actual legit company that like does this all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Licensed, insured. <laughs> so don't even bother going yourself. Just get a guy, have yeah. him do it for you. I would. Yeah. That's exactly who I would go to because you're going to get someone behind the counter that says, pulls up th- something I could do, you know, and you could too if you're listening. Like you can go to self services at the San Diego website. And you can plug in an APN, an assessor parcel number, and it will tell you the zoning. However, it won't show you all the other things, right? And if you're serious about making that huge investment because it's so expensive, um, you might as well do it the right way. Right. Yeah. Don't mess around. Just yeah. go straight to the professionals. Um, that's what I would do personally. There you go. Okay. Cool. That's, yeah. that's good info. That's real good info because <laughs> I know we have a lot of, a lot of folks that have – I always hear, you know, people talking about it back when I was in the Marine Corps, you know, in the veteran community, people want to just buy a piece of land and build their own house on there. And that's awesome. I, I'm American dream. Yeah, dude, right. that's, that's huge. But especially out here and it's different state by state, right? Yep. Like we're just talking about California here. Yes. So for people listening, like if you're in Tennessee or something yep. like that, it's probably not as big of Easy. a deal, but out here, at least there's, you know, fucking California, there's always a lot of different you know, checks, balances, red tape, all that kind of stuff that you got to work through. So definitely talk to a professional first. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I mean, especially like on the title end of it, like, we, and I'd hate to, I don't like being the cup half full or anything like that, but I just kind of see like people getting into bad situations where they buy a piece of land and they pay, you know, it's expensive. It's not cheap. You know, you pay a couple hundred thousand dollars for a piece of land sure. and, and then you can't do anything with it. So um, it's 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 too bad. So doing your own due diligence, being a being a good advocate for yourself in that way. Um, and you can call us like, you know, I'm here to help you. So pick my brain anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. You got any cool stories for us? <laughs> oh, man. Before yes. There's always fun stories. Um, the best ones are not the best ones. And I don't even... They're not good, but if you are listening to this and you are in California, I know every state is different, but here in California, if you own a piece of land or a, pe- a parcel, anything, house, when I mean parcel, means like anything, right? Like you own a house, a condo, whatever. Please make sure that you get a trust. I cannot like scream it loud enough. Like a trust is so freaking huge, you guys um because you spent all this money right like american dream to own something it's so freaking hard already and you pass away or you are in an accident and now you're mentally incapacitated whatever it is whatever like sad situations going on which we are all gonna die mm-hmm. by the way yeah. we're gonna die i'm gonna die right we are, all, we are i'm sorry to be so morbid but we are all gonna pass away so like let's set um 
let's set our heirs up for like the best success because when you don't have a trust and you pass away and if you're the only person on title or you have you want your proceeds to go to something that's ex- incredibly special like a, like a military fund um um, nonprofit or something any like type that. of nonprofit. Yeah. yeah, like your money doesn't have to go to a person, you guys. Like it can go to the Wounded Warrior Project. Like whatever's special and important to you. So if you have a trust and you can set it up, um, and and the trust is so cool. Like it special, it will specify like even um, healthcare derivatives and all the all the things. So if you own something in California, please get a trust. Vest your property into the trust, and if you're not sure about that. Um, you can always call me and I can check for free. Please don't pay someone just to check that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that does is it avoids probate. And I know that Brian was talking about probate a little bit earlier and how expensive it is. But people, especially like heir siblings, I have seen get in the gnarliest fights, break up families, all because of money. Because mom said that I could have that necklace. Dad said I could have that or whatever it is. And um, kids start fighting and money. Oh, Money just gets... Tears people apart sure sometimes, does. man. That greed, man. It's yeah. wild. And it's expensive. I mean, probate is like not a long... It's not a It's not a small process. It's a very long process. It's expensive. Um, and there's no guarantee it's going to work. Well, it's not going to work the way that you wanted it, that the deceased right. wanted it, right? Like, what and you guys have said or discussed probate several times, but mm-hmm. I don't think the listeners... Sorry. They, yeah. they may not know yeah, what Yeah, you're is. right. So probate is, so Nate and I are married, and we own a home as joint tenants. Okay, so Amanda Brown, Nate Scheimer, um, husband and wife as joint tenants. I pass away, and now my now my interest is now Nate's interest, okay, for example. So um, Nate, like, lives a couple more years, and he's doing fabulous, and then Nate gets in a car accident. So now Nate's passed away, and there's he never added anyone onto a deed, which... God, I can go into this. Sorry. And you don't want to do that. <laughs> Vest it into a trust. He never vested it into a trust. It goes to what's called probate. And that is where the courts decide where what happens to that estate. The estate of Nate. Just not even like the house, but the whole estate. Like so the estate of Nate. The estate of <laughs> Nate, right? So like Nate's bank accounts, Nate's Nate's 401k, Nate's military, like all the things, right? That Nate my motorcycles. Oh, his prized possessions. Yeah. Yes. His mm-hmm. freaking podcast equipment. Like, where's this beautiful stuff going to go? So, <laughs> I'm stealing it. I'm stealing it. Yeah. Undocumented. <laughs> and Nate wanted it to go to Brian. You know, yeah. like Nate wanted it to go to Brian. And he also wanted it to go back to the, um, to what Wounded Warrior Project. He wanted it to go to like his brothers that he served with. Right. And none of that happened because the, the courts decided that Nate's estate would go to his estranged cousin he didn't even know about like that lives in whatever mississippi and uh he's never even spoken to her before you know so like um probate is where the courts take your estate and they decide where it should be and where it should go and and they do that because people come forward it's not like they're just pulling people out hats people come forward especially when money's involved as we all know people will come forward for that so um so that's what probate is. So if you can avoid it by getting a trust, and I know it sounds like an expensive like thing right off the bat, but remember how we were talking about in the beginning where your house is worth like $900,000 and you're doing deeds by yourself? Mm-hmm. Your house is worth $900,000. Just get a trust, you know, because yeah. it helps so many things, not just your house. Well, and that's, I mean, that helps out, you know, whoever's your 
whoever you want to have your stuff after you, you know, yeah. after you leave this earth too, that helps them out. Cause I mean, you spend what, maybe a couple thousand dollars mm-hmm. having a trust attorney, write up a trust for you. Right. And sure. It's a couple thousand dollars. That's not a, yep. that's a pretty penny. Yep. But probate court. Ooh. Yeah. What now you like three to 5%. It's like something crazy. Yeah. Off the top of the estate, you 20, guys. $30,000. <gasps> 40 grand. Yeah. Shit. More. How many people have that to sit in their back pocket? Yes. You know what I mean? And like the value of the home through the probate courts is done by an appraiser through the probate courts. Mm-hmm. It's not done like by Brian or Nate here. You go. So it's, um, it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. So if you can, um, if you're listening, or I know you're listening because this podcast is <laughs> so bad. Here we are. <laughs> but get a yeah, get a trust. Um, be that would solve all the problems. That would solve all the problems for for a lot of listeners here, especially because you are military and what you guys do is so badass and so dangerous. And I pray for you absolutely. Like what you guys do is incredible, but it's dangerous and things can happen and shit can happen. And, um, it can probably benefit a lot of listeners here. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good words of advice. Great information. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you guys. And to think you, you've been ducking and dodging us for like a year. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get you on. It's like natural. My palms are a little sweaty. I don't know how you guys do this all the time. (laughs) It's just like we said, we're just sitting around bullshitting. Yeah. We're just here. Yeah. (laughs) Solving problems, kicking ass and solving problems. Solving all the world's problems. That's right. (laughs) Cool. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on board. Nate, sign us out, dude. On behalf of tip of the spear real estate team, We are real vets, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right.